My name is Ed Peters, and on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today in Acts chapter 15 and with Luke's account of the First Church Council in Jerusalem. During the first missionary journey taken by Paul and Barnabas, churches had been established in Asia Minor, and they were made up of only Gentile believers. This caused some of the Hebrew believers in Judea to question the salvation of these Gentiles. They believed that these people could not be saved unless they adhered to the Mosaic system, including circumcision. So the apostles and elders in Jerusalem convene to resolve this matter. On our previous study, we focused on Peter's response, which was based on his experience in the home of Cornelius. It was at that time that God had made it clear to Peter that salvation is not based on the observance of the law, but by grace through faith. Peter concludes his remarks with verse 11, where he states, No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Now, we move on to verses 12 through 15, the verses that we will focus on today. And here is what Luke writes. There was no further discussion, and everyone now listened as Barnabas and Paul told about the miracles God had done through them among the Gentiles. When they had finished, James took the floor. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people to bring honor to his name. And this fact of Gentile conversion agrees with what the prophets predicted. Hold on to the power of His Word 
I can go to Jesus with worry or with care. He said to bring them all to him. And I can leave them there. And I believe he will be. After Peter finishes his remarks, Barnabas and Paul are given an opportunity to share their experiences in the Galatian mission field. That must have been an exciting report. Then James takes the floor. He is going to sum up the thinking of this council at Jerusalem, and he will put down God's program for the future. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. When God is doing something great, it is best to find the direction he is going and fall in line. In this great book of Acts, Luke tells the story of the march of the church of Jesus Christ. The gospel came to the Jews first, then it was given to the Gentiles. God was moving. There was no question. Paul, Barnabas, Peter, James, these were men of the hour. When the question of the inclusion of the Gentiles in this program of God was considered in Jerusalem, Peter was the man of vision. He knew the direction God had been moving, and he knew that it would be disastrous to interfere. Circumcision had been great as a seal in its time, but now that Christ had come to fulfill the law, that rite paled into insignificance next to the grace of God. God is always in process. He is always going somewhere. Matters are never static nor out of control. They are always controlled and moving. Things that were once important may not be important anymore. Circumcision for the Jews was once an important seal. But in view of the grace of God, it was totally insignificant now. It was trifling. Sometimes it's hard for us to let go of what was once important. We hang on, especially the old-timers. I repeat, God is always in process. That which was once important may become peripheral. Still, we have a tendency to blow that out of proportion. That is what happened here. It takes wisdom and insight to know when the great things of the past have had their day. It takes vision to recognize when God is moving and then to move with him. So when certain Jews from Jerusalem raised that issue of circumcision for the Gentiles, Peter spoke clearly. God had used him to bring the gospel to the Gentile Cornelius, and God had confirmed that by giving him the Holy Spirit too. God had said nothing about circumcision for the Gentiles or obeying the law, so the precedent had been set. Evidently, Peter's audience entered into lively debate after Peter spoke. Perhaps the Jews argued that the case of Cornelius' conversion to which Peter referred was an isolated case and not normative. That was initial and unique. It did not establish precedent. But now Paul and Barnabas got up to speak. The assembly fell silent and listened. If Peter's was a laboratory case, 
This was a field case. Just what Paul and Barnabas said isn't recorded. They had already given their report. But they did emphasize that God had confirmed their work among the Gentiles with miraculous signs and wonders. No circumcision was involved. So the field experience of Paul and Barnabas confirmed the initial laboratory case of Peter. But more was needed. The argument against the Gentile circumcision had come entirely from experience. The experience of Peter, Paul and Barnabas indicated that God was not requiring circumcision of the Gentiles either. But it's always best not to build too much on experience. The Jews perhaps said, so you saw many Gentiles except Jesus, but that doesn't mean God was in it. By the way, that's a good point. Some time ago, a lady I met argued in favor of a very dangerous religious cult because they were growing in numbers by leaps and bounds. Surely God must be blessing them. Numerical success is never a guarantee that God is in it. So here more was needed. What was needed was the input of the Bible. What does the Bible say? I will never forget, as long as I live, a phrase that my godly mother used over and over. Whenever a question of ethics or morals came up in our home, her answer in German was, Was sagt das Wort? That settled the matter. What does the word say? Finally, it is never subjective experience that is the final proof. It is the objective word of God. The experiences even of Peter, Paul, and Barnabas needed to be looked at from the perspective of the Bible, and that is what James supplied here in this meeting. Now let me review. A council was called in Jerusalem. The problem was that many Gentiles had accepted Jesus. They were saved. Some Jews felt that the Gentiles should submit to circumcision and that they should pledge obedience to the law before they could be admitted to the church. Peter spoke first. He said, no, God used me to bring the Gentile Cornelius to Christ, and God didn't require that of him. The Jews said, well, that was a unique case. It was one of a kind. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke. They said, but we've toured Asia Minor, and many Gentiles received Christ without circumcision or obedience to the law of Moses. The Jews might have responded, that all sounds great. But we can't base such crucial matters of doctrine on experiences. What does the Bible say? The next speaker, enter James, the brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem church, the most traditionally Jewish of the apostles. He goes directly to the Hebrew Bible. Here is how Luke records it. He writes, When they finished, James spoke up. Brothers, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God at first showed his concern by taking from the Gentiles a people for himself. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this. I must stop here for today, but I love the point James makes. The Bible confirms what Peter, Paul, and Barnabas had experienced. Momentous things were happening. God was moving. God was in process. He was creating something new. He was creating the church. Gentiles were being saved through faith in Jesus. 
It is tremendous to be involved in the movement and the process of God. Some Jews try to abort God's process, no doubt out of pure and noble motives, but they were bound to and by the past. Let God move and go with God. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way. Thy guiding grace afford. Teach me thy way. Radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.